Hello and welcome to another episode of the Cyberwork with InfoSec podcast. Each week, I sit down with a different industry thought leader to discuss the latest cybersecurity trends and how those trends are affecting the work of InfoSec professionals, as well as tips for those trying to break in or move up the ladder in the cybersecurity industry. Today, we have a repeat guest, Andrew Workkin, who is the CTO at Blue Cat Networks. Last time, Andrew talked about DNS security concerns, and if you're interested in that topic, I urge you to go back and check out that episode as well. It was a really good one. Uh, we're talking about a new and hotly contested privacy technology called DNS over HTTPS, or DOH. Uh, it's backed by Google, Mozilla, and Cloudflare, and because it encrypts domain name uh, system requests, it's found approval from internet privacy advocates. However, under regulations like the UK's 2016 Investigatory Powers Act, uh, DOH makes it harder to monitor terrorism and other illegal acts. Uh, today, we'll be talking about some of the ethical and procedural issues, as well as ways in which DOH may change the way cybersecurity experts work. Andrew Wirtkin leads product security, product management, and engineering teams across BlueCat's product portfolio. He's also responsible for BlueCat's research lab focused on innovation, technology roadmap, and vision. Before joining BlueCat, Andrew built systems focused on the protection of intellectual property across multinational corporations and multi-tier supply chains. He was Chief Technology Officer for PTC following its acquisition of MKS, where he also served as CTO. Prior to that, Andrew was CTO and co-founder of Synapsis Technology. Andrew holds a BA from the University of Pennsylvania and graduated the University of Pennsylvania's Neuroscience Graduate Program. Andrew, thanks for coming back. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. Uh, to start with, uh, could you walk us through the sort of bare bones version of what DNS over HTTPS is? It's a fairly new technology that could touch a variety of cybersecurity areas and workers in the coming years, but I don't think that many people are familiar with the concept yet. Yeah, sure. I mean, it, quite simply, it's it's uh, DNS questions and answers the, instead of through the DNS protocol um, through HTTPS. So JSON and HTTPS instead of um, instead of DNS and DNS wire format. It's it's, um, you know, anything can be sent through HTTPS. In this case, it's a, it's a DNS question and, and a DNS response. Hmm. Um, so what is DNS over HTTPS's purpose? Uh, breaking apart the sort of what ifs and backdoor potential uses of it, what, what was it manufactured to do, I should say? Because, you know, there's already a lot of talk about like what it could, you know, what the ramifications could be, but what is it actually for, according to its creator? Right. Yeah, so so you know DNS historically um, with with a, a, a couple of different options that were 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 weren't used by the masses is a is a clear text protocol. So um, therefore, um, anybody on the wire can can listen, can snoop, can eavesdrop, can mm -hmm. see what what's what what uh, DNS uh, questions are being asked and what the responses are. And further, if if you know, unless that domain signed and the the DNS user, the client is behind a validating resolver, um, they can be manipulated. So it's 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 a protocol that um, therefore has been leveraged uh, to to monitor. Um, it's been leveraged to um, you know the the service providers many many years ago started monetizing uh, misspelled domains when somebody went to a website to try to generate ad revenue so there's there's been all sorts of use cases where where that data has been leveraged because it is clear text there, there have been other um, attempts to to um, to encrypt and in fact along with with doh we often talk about dot or dns over tls which is which is an, another way um, but in that specific case, it, it's it's keeping with the DNS protocol and having a specific port. It's it's still DNS, 
as opposed to DNS over HTTPS, which just goes out through, you know, the port 443. I see. Um, could you uh, talk to us a little bit about the evolving role of, of DNS and as a result, the increasing importance of the security of the same? Uh, with everything being connected now, we've seen what can happen when a DNS is under attack. And this would seem to suggest that any change in the fortunes of DNS technology is going to mean that cybersecurity skills are going to be more critical for professionals in this industry. Is that right? Yeah, I mean, you know, D- DNS, uh, as we talked about last time, and 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 you know, real briefly here, I mean, D- DNS is a is a super proxy for the intent of the user. If they're going to look up, if an address is being looked up, then then one may infer that a a web connection or a different type of connections can be made uh, to that server which we looked up, and and so therefore. Therefore, it becomes part of um, the the it, part of the control plane of the internet. Uh, DNS is a critical part of the control plane of the internet, along with things like routing. Um, so, so what 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 cyber criminals or, or those those who attempt to hack have figured out a long time ago that that DNS can be used not just to create scalable, resilient backends to speak to a client, for instance, for command and control. Um, but we can also embed information, embed specific instructions, exfiltrate data. There's all sorts of ways to leverage DNS from a cyber standpoint. Um, and, uh, and, you know, many organizations, uh, certainly most consumers, aren't taking steps to uh, protect themselves from those. Hmm. Um, so we know that, that Britain's National Cybersecurity Center, and I'm assuming the U.S. government, have voiced specific objections over DOH citing that encrypting DNS requests makes it harder to monitor illegal and or terrorist activity. Um, are there legitimate concerns of malfeasance that could be committed under the protective cover of DOH, do you think? Yeah, look, I, I think, I think, um, I think that um, uh, the, the fact that DNS has been clear text has, has allowed it to be a simple way um, to monitor. And for sure, um, different, and it, it could be the UK or the US you know, trying to do it for what they classify as good. It could be other countries where they're trying to censor access to the internet and access internet services that might um, might have a, a DNS firewall for the entire country that is going to limit what can be looked up or change what can be looked up or even change the responses coming back and certainly log and monitor. Um, and so, you know, from a fair access to information, um, in- encrypting DNS through through any protocol allows the removal of that simple um, uh, command channel in order to monitor. Um, that doesn't mean there won't they won't find others. Um, you know, right, right now um, uh, there's still in many cases clear text headers of the host information in HTTPS requests from a web standpoint, for instance. And, and there's there's um, there's mechanisms moving along in order to encrypt that as well. But right now there's other, other ways to figure out where somebody's going. Of course, you know, the IP address is going to, and one can easily reverse look up the IP address it's going to and start building out, building out um, a blacklist that way. So hmm. there there's other ways to do it. Blocking DNS makes it, oh, sorry, uh, encrypting DNS makes it harder to use this command channel. And by the way, it, 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 there's other ways to get IP addresses other than DNS. So, yeah. you know, there, there's um, there's all sorts of other ways that people have used in order to get around potential uh, censorship or monitoring with DNS throughout throughout time as well. So, I think it just makes it harder. And I think these governments are going to complain because it's it's harder. But you know, at the end of the day, uh, Blue Cat works mostly with with enterprises, and from an enterprise standpoint, DOH is a bit of a nightmare. 
Um, it's a bit of a okay. nightmare because um, one, um, the, in this case, uh, there's less of a concern for privacy. I work at a company, and in in many cases, in most countries, I I've, I don't have an assumption of privacy of what I use work related devices to do. Um, but two, the the network operators, not just the security operators, but the network operators leverage DNS for a healthy network. They they leverage it in order to help them ensure the right service. They help mm-hmm. them to make sure that people are getting to the right resources through the right data centers or through the right egress points to the internet. Mm-hmm. Um, it's something it's something that's used from a, a monitoring health standpoint on the security side, but also very importantly on the NetOps side as well. So it becomes a bit of a nightmare because you're, we've taken away a tool that's already being used for that monitoring if, if everything is encrypted. But enterprises also do their darndest to... Um, to decrypt and um, are using all sorts of, of of services today on the proxy side for web and and they'll proxy these as well and and they'll they'll use the same mechanisms to to figure out what's what's inside of these requests. So um, you know it's just it's just more work and more more decryption and more you know yeah. and more blocking and and enterprises will block the IP addresses of most of the well known DOH providers out there regardless because they don't necessarily want to use the service. Right. Um, so, right, now, right now in an enterprise, there's a, there's a channel. If I issue, uh, go to some website, and therefore a DNS query is issued on my behalf by my browser through my operating system, um, I can't go directly to the internet. I don't have a route to go recurse to the internet or go to Google's 8.8.8.8 or anybody's um, uh, recursive layer. I, I have to go through the corporate servers, finally hit a recursive server in the DMZ, and that will then go out. And that's done because network operators are both securing their networks and also, um, you know, ensuring ensuring that the protocol is is healthy and, and that web traffic is healthy. So um, this would allow for um, um, you know individual clients to query the internet directly for for uh, DNS. And, and that, again, it's, it's a problem from that perspective as well. So I think for enterprises, it's a bit of a nightmare. For consumers, there's certainly the argument, there's other ways to do it, uh, but there's certainly the argument that you want less people snooping. But keep in mind, your, your DNS over HTTPS terminates somewhere, and it's mm-hmm. going to terminate at, at one of the providers of DNS over HTTPS services. It's going to terminate there, and therefore, somebody has access to your data. You know, right. so somebody sees it, yeah. and whether or not there's a proper privacy policy there, how different is that privacy policy from yes. your ISP's privacy policy? Right, right. Um, there's there's a assumption that um, because my ISP doesn't see it, or because my government doesn't see it, it's I'm I'm somehow private. Yes, but again, yeah. you're not it terminates and it terminates with a service provider who is leveraging this data for some use. Yeah. I think this, this, this relates to when I would, t- I talked to uh, Pete Zaborski with bestvpn.com and he was saying that a lot of people think that because they're on a VPN, like there's just this complete anonymity, but there is, there really isn't complete anonymity anywhere. And as you say, uh, if you're, if you're going through this secondary service here, then now your, your, your data is terminating at a, at a less possibly reliable spot. Is there any um, way of sort of like 
shopping or finding out about your your DOH plan to, to see whether they're responsible, or is it just too new at this point? Uh, it it it's fairly new. I mean, uh, yeah. you know, some you know, uh, um, uh, Cloudflare, for instance, has a strategy where they they offer uh, DNS on on Quad One. Uh, they also offer a DNS over HTTPS service that's tied very closely with Mozilla. And if if you turn on DOH on, on uh, Firefox, I believe it still prefers Cloudflare. And and Cloudflare has a different privacy policy for the DOH through Mozilla that like from a GDPR standpoint really puts Mozilla in the driver's seat as the controller there. Hmm. And, um, and, and they refer to um, Mozilla in terms of um, in terms of its privacy policy, basically. And, uh, and I, I haven't reviewed that recently. So it's just, it's more policies for consumers to review that, that they're probably not going to review. Yeah. But when I say, I, I don't, I don't think, um, I think uh, companies like Cloudflare have very, um, uh, you know, really, really solid strategies. They want as much web traffic as possible, mm-hmm. whether it's DNS over HTTPS or anything else, because they leverage that for their own business. Their business is trying to figure out the performance of the internet so they can be a better deliverer of, of web content, of, of faster web applications. You know, so my, even if they're not, even if those, those for-profit companies aren't leveraging it from a privacy standpoint they're providing a service and for that service they're gaining they're gaining data that's necessary for them to provide other good services and yeah. i'm not saying that's bad but um but it's it's you know if everybody turns flips this on in firefox and now you know how much of the world's normally decentralized uh, DNS traffic starts going to a single company, and hmm. and from my perspective, just in a centralization of the internet versus decentralization, that to me is a bit scary um, hmm. because the sort of the choice is made for you, and um, um, you know I, I don't know how many people will turn it on when Mozilla will turn it on by default. Hmm. Uh, it, it may even be on by default, but but regardless. Um, it's um, it's a centralization um, that that's a little bit a little bit um, worrisome for me. Okay, well, my next my next question, uh, you're sort of answering it there, but I, I want to go a little further with that. Uh, an article on the Naked Security site called DNS over HTTPS is coming where I, whether ISPs and governments like it or not. Uh, we find this quote quote not everyone was happy with this uh, for architectural reasons, not least because it places a lot of trust in the resolver, principally Google Cloudflare and anyone else who adopts it. Hitherto, the internet has been built as a compromise between what the user could do and what the service provider would let them do. DOH, some claim, upsets this balance. So you were talking about that a little bit, that there's this, this sort of centralization. But what do you think about this, this new power dynamic, since Google's already considered to be too powerful by some at the moment? Yeah, look, you know, I think, I think that, um, I think that the, you, you sort of go, if you go back to, um, uh, Oh, I'm trying to think of the name. Anyway, the the you know Google had had um, w- one of the one of the uh, root certificate providers was compromised years ago, and um, the Google Chrome browser actually sensed that this Google cert wasn't um, wasn't authentic hmm. because they extra code in there to they know who their providers are, and uh, where other browsers would have seen it as authentic, uh, and. You know, from that time, I think I think the browser vendors have been working hard to to try to protect users against um, 
you know, being, being hacked and going, going to, going to uh, sites that are masquerading as the real thing, the man in the middle, like whatever they can do. Right. And, and, and part of that is uh, a bit of a power grab of protocols that, that should, from my perspective, be run separately like DNS. DNS is a, is a control plane for the internet. And, you know, if you have, if you have the control plane sort of merged in higher in the stack, then, then from my perspective that I, I, I see a lot of potential issues with that. Um, I, I, you know, I, I, I was not surprised about, I mean, you know, DNS over HTTPS has been around, it's, it's been, it's been in development. It, it's, um, it, it exists, you know, and so now, now it's not a matter of, um, who benefits from it or should it remain or it, it exists and it will continue okay. to exist. And so now the question is, um, you know, how can we still ensure, um, uh, you know, the, the appropriate amount of decentralization? Um, how can we still ensure healthy networks? How can the service providers do what they need to do? And this is just going to mean um, additional tools and different methods. And, and, and we'll see from there. I, I, um, I, uh, um, you know, the, 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 if, if to some extent, if, if DNSSEC was more adopted, then, then clients would better be able to trust the DNS answers they were getting. And it would be way more difficult for somebody to manipulate those answers. If DNSSEC was wider implemented and um, protocols like DNS over TLS were used, then we, we can try to still keep these, these things separate and keep them less, less centralized. So, um, you know, it's, it's one of these privacy versus security things, you know, cause yeah. if you make it harder for me to see what's going on, then it's more difficult for me to, to use that data in order to provide a certain level of security. Um, <laughs> and, uh, um, and again, corporations, I don't think will will stand for it. Um, you know, some, some, uh, cloud-based DNS firewalls are already blocking as many of these as they possibly can. And there'll be well-known block lists of DNS over HTTPS sites because security professionals need them so they can, they can block any connections going there. Hmm. If this is about, um, ensuring, um, a, a, you know, internet that is, um, freely accessible, uh, and privately accessible, there is so much more that needs to be done than just DNS over HTTPS. You're okay. taking away the easiest, lowest hanging fruit. Yes. But there's way there's there's many many other mechanisms and many other mechanisms that will be defined, unless somebody's got a full on VPN with a provider with a with a that they, you know, there's always some breadcrumb somewhere. You know, as yeah. your other mm-hmm. said. Um, right. But but at the end of the day, um, you know, your your that machine that you're now using DNS over HTTPS to connect instead of just DNS is is going to make a web connection to an IP address, and that IP address associated with that site. You know, so there's 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 other ways to 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 skin this, and and so therefore the cynical side of me, and I've got a a um, quite a cynical streak. The cynical side of me says that here are some corporations that uh, want this data for a variety of different reasons. Mm. And I don't know that to be true. I just, right. you know, I, I know, um, I know though that, that for very good reasons and very good strategic reasons, there is a data grab. There should yes. be a data grab. Companies should, should be looking to mine data to create better strategies, deliver better products. Hmm. Um, well, I, I wanted to sort of 
pick out one thing that you you mentioned in there that um, you know this this the, the cyber work podcast we we like to talk about the issues of the day, but also the way they can apply to uh, the cybersecurity workforce. You mentioned that you think that there needs to be an increase of DNS sec positions in enterprise. Is that the case? Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think um, I think companies should sign their zones. I don't, I don't think there's a question about it. Um, okay. And, uh, and, and many still don't, um, you know, and, and there's a variety of reasons they, they may not. Um, but, um, you know, th- there's lots of providers out there that make it, um, simpler. This isn't something that, that has to be complex. Um, and, uh, and so signing, signing good, uh, it's not going to, it's not going to solve, um, you know, uh, you know, when, when, um, there's a bunch of men in the middle of text recently, and uh, the DHS of the U.S. government um, issued issued some well circulated advice to ensure that all zones were signed. And you know the 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 hijacking really came about because the credentials to the external DNS provider were were hacked, and so somebody with appropriate credentials logged in and made changes to DNS. Hmm. De- depending how the DNS controls are implemented, sorry, the DNS sec controls are implemented. DNS sec may or may not have helped at all in those cases. In fact, in some cases it, it wouldn't necessarily have helped. If your credentials get hacked, your credentials get, get sure. hacked. Sure. You're done. So, but, but in, in general, it, it certainly um, uh, for a variety of reasons, other than somebody stealing credentials for a variety of reasons, it, makes for a more trusted answer. The other problem with DNSSEC, though, there's two problems. One is companies that don't sign. The other is the number of people that sit behind resolvers that don't validate. So mm-hmm. if, if, if a company's um, you know, uh, internet recursors aren't validating the response, then it doesn't matter if they're signed or not. And so mm-hmm. we also encourage companies to validate DNS. From a consumer standpoint, you have, I mean, you might be lucky enough to be behind a ISP, a service provider that's validating. Very few people launch their own, um, uh, you know, their own uh, DNS recursor. And um, uh, so therefore, when you're at home, you may or may not be sitting behind a validating resolver. And and, and if you're not, then you're... um, it doesn't matter either. So it, it's, it's, it's DNSSEC is, um, is I, I think though that, uh, you know, companies out there should by default be signing. Okay. And, and for folks that might be interested in sort of going down that path, DNSSEC, uh, what types of, uh, sort of skills and positions do you think, uh, people should be sort of aspire, you know, if, if you want to sort of like study that area, what, what should, what should you be sort of learning and working on and doing now to sort of prepare you for, you know, yeah. <clears throat> I mean, DNSSEC is all about cryptography and, and, mm-hmm. um, uh, chains of trust. And so I, I think it, it, it's, it's something for a, you know, security professional should be able to understand its architecture pretty quickly. And then it's about assessing, um, your, your current DNS and then assessing your opportunities to, to, to start signing. Um, you know, I, I think it's, 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 um, it's 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 a place where the the security teams can collaborate very effectively with the traditional DNS administration teams. Hmm. Um, are there any unintentional issues with DOH other than surveillance and criminal activity? Is this 
does the encrypted delivery do things to say break apart advertising algorithms or online sales devices or just other aspects of the internet or is or is it really come down to uh, just straight monitoring? No, I, you know, again, DNS has been used for a variety of things over time, right? So, yeah. so because it's it's clear text, um, anybody that was mining this this data for for their service might find um, might find it it'd be more difficult to do so. Um, you know, at the end of the day, once once uh, your D- DOH service gets the query, mm-hmm. it terminates you know the ssl at that point and at that point it's going to be a normal dns query to the authoritative server so so a lot of the data that's mined through passive dns from the from the registrars for instance and you know that that stuff should be should continue for some time but um um yeah so you know anybody who's who's using dns um in order to you know understand um uh, you know, using that data for whatever reason, will won't be able to to use it. But really, it's really the first hop that matters, though, right? Because today you're sitting in your house, you issue a DNS query. Let's say you're using your your ISP's DNS servers to recurse the internet. They're the only ones that are going to know it's your IP address. Everybody after that will only know it's coming from your ISP. Okay. So their ability to mine that data for you becomes becomes a bit harder. Once you introduce DNS over HTTPS, now, ironically, that service, in this case, let's say it's Google, and I'm not saying that Google has any strategy to do this, but today, right. um, you know, if uh, now they're actually getting your, 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 your source IP address. So, um, you know, you're, you're, I, I think the service providers hopefully will step up, and, and some of them are, are, I believe, starting to provide similar types of services. Um, but uh, but again, it's um, it's it, it's been it's almost because it is plain text. Anybody can see it. That's along the wire. It becomes um, it's been used in in ways that 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 um, I think there'll be several several um, entities that are disappointed by not having this data if it becomes prevalent. Um, there was also a suggestion, and uh, can you confirm that uh, DOH could potentially disable parental controls over in-home devices, for example? Oh, it, it, absolutely, because yeah. if those parental controls rely on DNS, and, and a lot of them do, mm-hmm. uh, schools, homes, libraries, libraries, you know, any sort of communities that are using are using um, a simple DNS firewall to stop the access to pornography or gambling or whatever the case, um, can very simply be um, subverted by using DNS over HTTPS. Hmm. Now, again, um, if, if there's no firewall involved, if, if there's no mechanism to block traffic to an IP address, it's only DNS, there's a problem. If there's a mechanism to block based on where it's going, then those services can simply implement blocks to the well-known DOH sites Hmm. and you'll shut down DOH. So, you know, there's, there's, um, there are, controls that can be put in place that will force, I would assume, the browser to, you know, if I can't get out via DNS over HTTPS, then I'm going to go and try to get out via normal DNS. So um, uh, the, that will be possible. Obviously, somebody can set up a DNS um, over HTTPS service that's on a, their own IP address. You set up a Amazon host and you can launch one, um, you know, in a few minutes. 
And now, now that IP address is not going to be on some block list. So now I'm, I'm going to have to inspect traffic or, you know, look for fingerprints of, of the protocol um, in order to, um, uh, in order to effectively block it. But yeah, all of those services are going to either need to change a bit or um, they will provide uh, less service for their intent. Hmm. Um, so, uh, with, with with DOH, it seems like kind of an all or nothing affair. That you know, it 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 it, it blocks everything. Um, it it's causing all these sort of uh, extraneous or intentional problems. Um, is there a possibility? And I know, like you said, that it's the horse is out of the barn. Like it's it's out there. But is there a possibility for a similar type of thing that allows law abiding people to use the internet with a bit more anonymity while not completely closing the door on the possibility of it being used as a shield against illegal activity? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, in a word. I thought so. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And and I mean that by um. Look, you know, I I don't personally. I I really like uh. I mean, I, I think privacy is quite important, and and I try yeah. to do my darndest from a hygiene standpoint and the privacy side. None of us can do it. You know, I'm not going to go completely out of my way, but um. Right. But I think that um. I think that, you know, uh, between GDPR and DOH, a lot of these things exist because of how our privacy has been monetized and and used. And so, you know, in general, um, these things aren't bad, but something on its own, just DNS over HTTPS, it's just one piece of the puzzle. It doesn't provide a anonymous internet experience at all. Yes. It, It simply allows you some anonymity from your ISP, you know, or like it, 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 it's, it's, um, you're blocking one path and there's plenty of other paths out there. So I I think it would be naive of somebody to think that using this, they would be anonymous. Uh, those that have tried to become, you know, very, very anonymous, um, uh, have long, have long engineered solutions that would um, make it difficult for somebody to understand that those DNS requests are coming from them, DNS over HTTPS or not. Right. Um, so I, 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 in talking to you today, I mean, I, my initial impression of this was that that DOH really was this sort of bulletproof wall that agencies couldn't get through, but it seems like it's more that it's, it's just taking away a particular, as you said, a low hanging fruit or a particularly easy method of, sort of DNS collection. So um, how, if at all, will these cybersecurity professionals skill sets change to sort of address, you know, these new levels of, um, you know, privacy with DOH? Yeah, I, I think, I think what it comes down to is this is the same thing as HTTPS in general, right? I mean, mm-hmm. the, the amount of traffic that is um, encrypted is, is going up and up and up and up and up. And, and with encryption, it becomes way more uh, complicated to understand the content of the message. You still know where it's coming from and you still know where it's going. But the content is becoming harder and harder to understand, which brings all sorts of skills around, um, uh, you know, behavioral type analytics. Um, it, it brings in, in, you know, certainly there's, you know, uh, companies are implementing technology and buying services to, um, to decrypt and installing the right certificates to encrypt. Uh, or decrypt, I should say. So, so it becomes more of a of a, a, a data analytics 
role as well. And I, th- I think everything ends up leading to, to analytics in some way, shape or form, right? Like, you know, if, if I can't inspect everything or see anything, then I need to look at the, the, the metadata. I need to look at the length of the connections, the number of connections, the likelihood that, that the pattern of connections is made from a human, the fingerprint of the way this stuff works in different applications. So I can fingerprint connections to specific applications. There's all sorts of ways I can look at what's happening without looking at the content of the message mm. um, because that content message is, being, is going to become less and less clear to me as a, as a security professional. And I think, I think that's, that's pretty critical. Um, you know, also, um, you know, it, it comes down to, um, you know, there, there's this assumption in, 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 a, in the cyber community that, um, uh, the, you know, the hardest thing to protect obviously is the, is the endpoint. The, the mm-hmm. easiest thing to hack is the endpoint. Right. Um, and so how do I protect the network? How do I protect backend data? How do I protect uh, what what's leaving my network um, uh, as opposed to the the endpoint itself? But this is one of those areas where um, you know endpoint technology can help with DNS over HTTPS as well because it's it's on the endpoint that these requests are being made in in general. Um, and so so I think there'll be some endpoint technology as well here. Um, but regardless, as users who certainly don't like additional endpoint technology placed on their, on their devices. Right. You know, I think, I think, um, Oh, I'm sorry. And by the way, I should have said before, you know, um, there generally probably won't be DNS over HTTPS for valid internal. We deal a lot with private DNS inside okay. of a company. They have their private DNS. We wouldn't necessarily expect there to be DNS over HTTPS. We're certainly prototyping, um, you know, from the perspective of, um, you know, being, being market ready and understanding and, and testing what sort of uses there might be for that inside the enterprise. But it, the control chain of, of, of the, you know, if, if part of trying to maintain reliable services internally, I need to understand what queries are bound internally, what queries are bound externally. If all of my queries end up getting sent out, but really this was a private query internally, that could be problematic as well. Um, so I think security professionals should continue to learn more and more about DNS, um, and uh, and and understand um, understand that the the tools that they have to to either in, ensure that these protocols aren't used, or if they are being used, um, the the tools that they have to to still do some level of monitoring. Okay, so as we wrap up today, uh, you mentioned it a little bit, but um, if you want to talk about a little bit about how BlueCat is working, uh, you know, with enterprises and organizations, what your your strategies are to sort of come to grips with, you know, DNS over HTTPS and and what sort of services or consultation or whatever you're providing. Certainly, it's a lot of consultation. I mean, a lot of our customers had a lot of questions about it, and we talked to them quite a bit about it. Like I said, we're we're prototyping. I have some product ideas around it as well. Um, uh, and, and see if we can leverage it to, to help our customers. Um, and, and the, the answer may indeed be yes there, but right now we're also providing, um, the right advice for our customers in terms of, um, uh, how to configure their systems and, 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 um, uh, what to block and what not to block, um, from a, from a DNS over HTTPS standpoint. I, I think, I think, you know, from like a, um, uh, enterprise deployment standpoint, especially where, where, where desktops are more locked down in general, it, it's, it's easier for them to deal with it. So, but from a blue cat standpoint, 
changes in, in DNS and advances in DNS, like these protocols, often um, offer up opportunities for us to innovate in ways that maybe weren't even the original intent of the protocol, like DNS over HTTPS. So there's, there's, um, there's, there's things we may be doing there, um, but right now it's really just in the research mode. Okay. Um, so if you could, uh, you know, wave your hand over the crystal ball here a little bit, um, in like five years from now, do you think that DOH is, is going to have fundamentally changed, you know, security or privacy, or is this sort of a, you know, a, a bump in the road that's going to be sort of subsumed or, you know, in other ways sort of gotten around, you know, in the meantime? Yeah, it's look. I I think that um, again, this was an obvious place where where things aren't normally encrypted. I think um, uh, you know, from an HTTPS standpoint in general, SNI is another example where where there was uh, plain text um, identifiers uh, that can be used that are will be encrypted now. So there's, I I think I think what we're going to see over over the next several years is more and more opportunity for. Um, it would be more accessible to people for people to be more private and without mm-hmm. having to be a um, knowledgeable of these specific protocols, which most people yeah. are knowledgeable of these protocols. And generally, I think that's a good thing. Um, now, how that works, you know, part and parcel with with security. Um, you know, I, I think that's that's become a uh, you know, I, I think I think what we have found is no matter what we do to try to block um, somebody's going to exploit something that wasn't thought of before or come up with some new innovative way. And it becomes not whack-a-mole. I mean, the, the sophistication of well-done security architectures today certainly don't allow for whack-a-mole, yeah. but it gets to the point where there's a presumption, a correct presumption that something will be around the corner. That's going to change our uh, posture that we weren't, uh, familiar with ahead of time. And so organizations are going to have to make sure that they're designed and architected to make changes based on what they're seeing. It, it all becomes around, you know, some level of visibility of, of, of what's going on in the network. And that's going to be more around um, the metadata of these connections than ever before if it's encrypted. Um, so from a crystal ball standpoint, um, you know, I, I, it, it's difficult to tell what sort of adoption there will be of this protocol. There's a hot heated debate out yeah. in the DNS industry over it's the, the merits and, and um, problems with, with these changes. What I fear, frankly, is that, um, you know, this, this wonderful distributed world of recursive DNS that we have that gets abused um, ends up being um, highly centralized and, Therefore, we've created more single points of failure, more, but, you know, it, it'll be also be interesting to me to see what, what consumers out of the U.S. Are, are happy and welcome to prefer a U.S. company to send their DNS to. Um, it, so I, I think a lot's going to happen, a lot's going to change. I don't know what it's going to look like, but um, I'm happy to be part of the journey. Okay. And if any, if you want to hear or learn more about uh, Blue Cat or you, Andrew, uh, where can they go online? www.bluecatnetworks.com. Um, and uh, um, give us a call. Come and see us somewhere. Um, we love talking about DNS. Andrew Orkin, thank you so much for your, uh, your time and your copious information today. Thank you. It was very fascinating. And thank you all uh, for listening and watching. 
If you enjoyed today's video, you can find many more on our YouTube page. Just go to YouTube and type in CyberWork with InfoSec to check out our collection of tutorials, interviews, and past webinars. If you'd rather have us in your ears during your workday, all of our videos are also available as audio podcasts. Just search CyberWork with InfoSec on your favorite podcast catcher of choice. See current promotional offers available for podcast listeners and to learn more about our InfoSec Pro Live Boot Camps, InfoSec Skills on Demand Training Library, and InfoSec IQ Security Awareness Platform and Training Platform, uh, go to infosecinstitute.com slash podcast or click the link in the description. Thank you once again to Andrew Workin and Blue Cat, and thank you all for watching and listening. We'll speak to you next week. <laughs>